It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, it is our final episode of February. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I, you know, I'm. I'm glad that the march of time continues on. We're not oh getting a combine. We're, 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 you know, barely gonna get some pro days, which I guess are gonna start pretty soon. They've already started next Friday. Yeah, next Friday. Next Friday. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to to continue the march towards the draft. There's, you know, unfortunately, the uh, a lot of the the, the hype and the excitement around uh, the draft season this year has been, just been basically postponed. So really, it's just the longest uh, uh, stretch of us yelling at each other about these prospects yeah. with the least amount of information that we've ever had on them. Uh, and, and it's made for some interesting arguments about it. But I, I'm ready for the NFL draft, and I'm kind of ready for uh, the next steps of the offseason to start begin. Was the, the March of time, was that like supposed to be a pun as we get into March? Yes, sure. So I did that on purpose. Sure, Marcus. So oh, my gosh. Uh, all right. Let's let's uh, let's get into our topics today, Landon. We've got a busy show. And, of course, we've got to start with Russell Wilson. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, apparently, a couple of weeks ago, he, he made some news. Uh, I think he was on Peter, or excuse me, uh, Dan Patrick's show talking about maybe not being back in Seattle. Uh, and then yesterday, there was a report that he had a meeting uh, with the ownership in the front office and Pete Carroll, and that did not go so well. And then later in the afternoon, Adam Schefter tweeted out that Russell Wilson doesn't want to be traded, but if he is traded, uh, the Cowboys, Bears, and Raiders and Saints are all on his potential destination spots. And that's notable considering that he has a no-trade clause. So... First and foremost, before we even get into the the crazy talk about Russell Wilson to the Cowboys, is this potential trade talk of Wilson leaving Seattle surprising to you? Um, I guess it's it's surprising, but not shocking. You know, I, I mean, I guess nowadays you start to see this more and more, and uh, I, I think that there has. I think what's surprising about this is that this happened now and not like two or three years ago, right? Like because it felt well, there's there's been some rumors, right? Yeah. So like in 2017, the Seahawks tried to trade up to get Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I, I remember that vividly. Yeah. And then in 2018, they tried to trade up to get Josh Allen. Yeah. So it's not like they haven't been looking at the quarterback market, but it is it's it is still surprising to me though. Yeah, it, it sure is, and 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 I think that there has been a disconnect in. 
I mean, look, I think you ask any Seahawks fan, and they are, you know, obviously all over Twitter and talking about this all the time. I think that if you look at the disconnect between what goes on in the Seattle Seahawks offense and the way that the Seattle Seahawks want to play football and the way that Russell Wilson plays football, uh, I think that's been going on for a while now, right? Like, I think that there's been a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously the let rest Russ Cook is uh, came out for a reason, right? It was because uh, uh, the Seahawks fandom and, and more than just them uh, thought that that Russell was being kind of misused in an offense that wanted to, you know, feature heavily the run game and, and you know, uh, uh, support. And the I defense. agree. I think he was. Uh, yeah. And I well, I, I certainly think that there was definitely a disconnect there. But I also think that, um, you know, that that despite the fact that they've had great success with Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson has been a, uh, you know, an MVP candidate for long stretches of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that the Seahawks still kind of have a uh, desire to go back to playing the brand of football that, you know, that they, that in their minds won them the Super Bowl and that way. Pete Carroll yeah. ball. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that there is, you know, it's not, it's not shocking. I think it's kind of surprising that it's come out now. And I, I the least surprising part of all of it is that Dallas was included in the potential trade uh, targets sure, because sure. that's just what happens when you want something to get out there. Yeah, that's not surprising at all. And I think there's some of this, you know, belief that, hey, if I if I'm getting traded, maybe they can move me for Dak and I get to go play in a situation with good wide receivers and good offensive linemen. Um, this makes no sense for the Cowboys perspective, right? Like you don't want to if you're if you don't want to pay Dak Prescott 38, 39 million dollars a year. Why do you want to give up assets and then turn right around and pay Russell Wilson that? I mean, I know Wilson's probably better at this stage probably i think i actually think it's kind of close it's pretty close probably it's pretty close wilson's older uh he doesn't have the injury history but maybe you're making a slight (laughs) upgrade but it it doesn't feel worth it to me i don't know are we are we can we just are we calling Dak in are we saying that Dak has an injury history now that he broke his ankle one time no no Uh, yeah i agree I, i i think that Dak. Dak is, you know, ascending to where Russell is now, and Russ is probably at his peak, right? And and so I don't know that you probably have two or three more good years, I think, of Russell of what 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 we're expecting of Russell Wilson football, and then after that, you know, I don't I don't know where his his uh, direction goes, right? Like, I think he has the the kind of brain and, and, and understanding of how to play the position that he can play it from the pocket solely, but I I, yeah, I, I think that. You know, it may not be what makes him special, I guess is the best way to put it, right? Like, I think as he starts to lose athleticism or as, his, you know, he starts to get older, uh, you wonder how his game holds up, you know, as compared to like a Tom Brady or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I almost, and again, Dak's been here. I I, I want Dak instead. Like, I, I just prefer Dak because he's he's my quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's sure, that's just sure. how I view it. And so I like Russell Wilson a lot. Uh, if, if Dak doesn't 
work out for some reason and Russell Wilson's my quarterback, I'm certainly not upset about it. Oh, heck but, no. No, we're 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 because he's a great yeah. quarterback and that's the thing. He's I just feel like him and Dak are in the same tier at this stage. Yeah. May and again, I might be wrong. I think a lot of people listening to this podcast might think Russell Wilson's a little bit better and that's fine. I have I have no problem but with that. But the difference at all. but the difference between the two is not what you're going you know, you're going to have to pay it's the difference, right? First and, round and, yeah, it's not a yeah. first round pick. That's the point. Is that I'm not trading a first round Dak is not a first round player worse than 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 Russell Wilson. Correct. And so I'm not trading Correct. for the opportunity to just be back in the same situation with an older just as talented Dak, you know? I, I 100% agree. And I, again, I think Russell's, uh, I, I keep saying this, he's phenomenal. Uh, he's not getting traded, and I don't think Dallas is moving on from deck. Uh, it would be kind of funny, though, to see Russell Wilson coached by Mark McCarthy. I, I wonder how <laughs> Packer fans would handle that one. I think that'd be kind that of That would be funny. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, such as where will Russell Wilson play in 2021? <laughs> Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, uh, that was uh, <laughs> uh, an interesting segment with Russell Wilson. I have a feeling we're never going to be able to talk about that. Probably not. Because it's just, <laughs> no, it's just the news of the week, uh, basically. <laughs> yeah, the, the news of the week. All right, so we also have some other news. This one from Calvin, Watkin and, or Calvin Watkins and Mike Fisher. Uh, the Cowboys have yet to approach linebacker Jalen Smith about a pay cut. There are apparently no plans to release him, uh, despite some reports that we got otherwise this offseason about the Cowboys maybe moving on. First and foremost, do you believe that the Cowboys have not approached Jalen Smith about a pay cut? Um, yeah, actually, I do believe that. Uh, because uh, it's not... It's not necessary to. I don't know that. I don't know that we're at the point where it's necessary to come to him about it yet. You know, that's okay. Should they? That's that's a, that's a different question. <laughs> that's my answer. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, they should at least explore. I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and assume that they've explored it and and they've looked at the pros and cons of it, right? If ta- asking him to take a pay cut has downsides that we're not aware of. Uh, then, you know, that could be obviously uh, affecting all of this. I tend to think that, uh, you know, you can't really cut him. I, I think you could talk about cutting him if you want, but, but you know, really you're not, you're not helping yourself so much. Getting the, getting the number down would be great. But if you cut him, 
you know, you're, you're saving some money, but you're also having to go back and, you know, kind of replace that linebacker. Maybe you're going to do that anyways, but I still think that uh, I would rather try to get him down to a lower cap number on the roster and then see what happens than opposed to completely cutting him. Um, I, I, I think really what this is is that it's too early. You know, I, I just... I think people are asking the question too early. I, I, I think that when we start getting a little bit closer, uh, well, I think really, honestly, it's going to it's gonna come down to how the DAC situation comes comes through. If, if he, I, I would not be surprised if what's, what the, the, the citing factor on this is uh, whether or not they sign DAC long-term. Because mm-hmm. uh, if, they, if they can't and they have to franchise tag him, they're really going to need that space, and they're probably going to have to come to him to try to get that space. If they don't, they may want to just try to eat this year of contract from him, as opposed to shifting a bunch of money around and potentially, you know, I don't know, extending his contract or offering mm-hmm. a, a, an option year. You know, there's there's there, the, the contract mechanisms involved in kind of making him take a pay cut or shifting things around may not be as uh, desirable as we think it is. Uh, so I think there could be a situation where they are waiting for, uh, you know, just like everything else. Honestly, everything's waiting on on a resolution for Dak Prescott. Once Dak is is either signed to a franchise tag or signed to a long term deal, that's when you know you start. Okay, we got Plan A and Plan B. Plan A is uh, we we, we uh, tag Dak, and here's all the follow up to that. Plan B is that we sign him long term, and here's all the follow up to that. They're waiting to see which plan is the one that they have to follow, I think. Uh, all right. So here's just a couple numbers to help you out. So if they were to release him before the fifth day of the new league year, um, they, he would only save them $400,000 against the cap, but it would save them $12 million in 2022. So you don't get a lot of, re- uh, of relief by doing that. Now, what you could do is you could designate him a June 1 cut, and that saves $7.2 million against the cap this year. So if you do have Dak Prescott on a franchise tag, you could pull that trigger and do that, save quite a bit of million, uh, quite a bit of money. Right now, he's projected uh, for his cap number to be $9.8 million. It's quite a bit. My, <laughs> the problem here is, Landon, if you bring Jalen back – and you bring Leighton Van Der Esch back because he's on the rookie deal, I, I still don't think that's good enough at linebacker. Mm. And do we spend a first-round pick trying to get a speedy linebacker? Do you go out in free agency? Or do the Cowboys just realize, hey, we're not going to be able to fill every hole on defense in one offseason. Let's just get through this season with Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. Van Der Esch's contract will be up after this year. They could get out of Jalen Smith's contract pretty easily next year if they wanted to do that. And is, are they just going to wait one more year to do it? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the thing, right? Is there, There's a lot of different angles here, including the fact that, you know, the hope that the, the cheapest and best way to get out of this situation or to improve the situation is for us to move back to our old defense and for those players to play like they had in previous seasons, right? Can they? I think they can. I, I don't know that that means that they will. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think, I think, which one do you feel better about getting back to the level that we saw like in 2018? I don't really know because I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, like I, I think they both uh, like, it's probably 50, 50 for both of them. I tend to think that it, who's going to get the the most 
I, who's going to get the most benefit from switching back defenses? I think it's actually going to be Jalen Smith. Uh, if he's playing middle. Yes. yes. It, who's going to yeah. actually need to play better football within themselves? I think that's Leighton Vander Esch. You know, mm-hmm. I, because I think that it, you know, despite all the the trashing of Jalen Smith, you know, I, I think Leighton, Jalen has limitations, you know, and, and I think Leighton is playing poorly. I just feel like there's bad technique. A guy who, uh, uh, you know, was a very sure tackler his rookie year suddenly, you know, was was not making the same amount of tackles or not making them at the percentage that we were used to. I think that, and now that I'm talking about this, I actually, now that I'm, I'm talking myself back into the fact that Leighton might benefit the most from from the switch back to the defense. I, okay. I, think that the, I think it's very realistic that both players play better football next year in this defense because they'll just feel more comfortable. I, I think that's potentially going to happen. But are either of them going to still be good enough, right? That, that's that's my fear. Know. Yeah, and that's, that's They're the, both going to be that's the difficult part, average. Right? Yeah, I think I think they're both going to be. There's a chance that they're both average, and it's still not good enough. And you're investing so much money into the position, and still only having two uh, average linebackers. Yeah. Uh, which of these two would benefit for from better defensive line play, especially inside? Jalen, for sure. Because honestly, I feel like a lot of what Jalen's problem was was trying to do too much to cor- to make defensive tackles right. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to trying to fix uh, mistakes made up front or trying to cover two gaps. And, you know, I I just think there is a lot of times when people are pointing at Jalen and saying, why did he do this? And the reason that he did that is because the guy in front of him didn't do the right thing. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I feel like what I see with Leighton Vander Esch is he does 90% of the play and then doesn't finish. Like doesn't make the mm-hmm. tackle or doesn't break down uh, in time and gets you know gets uh, uh, shook. I just think that it, I think with 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 better upfront play, Jalen Smith can be a good Mike linebacker in this defense. Uh, but I think and I think that that's and it's very hinging on that. Um, I think with with Layton, he just needs to get back to. And maybe he wasn't completely healthy all, all of last year. You know, maybe he got rushed back. We weren't even sure if he's going to play last year. Uh, for a good portion of the off season, so maybe he just needs another year away from all of that, and and next year, you know, he can kind of reset and get back to playing like he was his rookie year. There's just something about this linebacker core that just has me completely uninspired, and I don't know if it's because they just it lacks athleticism. Like Leighton Vander Esch is pretty clearly your fastest linebacker now, yeah. and he runs in the mid four sixes. This this unit just needs speed so desperately. And I think that they're going to try to grab some in the draft, but I wouldn't be surprised if they look to free agency to get a little bit more athletic. I, I do agree with you. I think they're going to come back with Jalen and Leighton Vander Esch. They're going to try to improve the interior of the defensive line, probably through free agency. They're going to draft corners and secondary guys, and maybe next offseason is when they they start to revamp that linebacker room. Uh, Let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 21 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. 
Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, to to finish up this show, we're going to talk about an article that Pro Football Focus put out uh, on Friday morning, and it was looking at all of the draft classes from 2017 to 2020 to see which teams have drafted the best during that span. And surprisingly, Landon, I mean, at least to me, (laughs) the Cowboys finished at number three when you adjust for positional value uh, and weighing by round. So first and foremost, does that surprise you that the Cowboys are considered one of the best drafting teams in the league from 2017 on? No, it doesn't surprise me. And and actually, I'm surprised that it's surprising. Like, the Cowboys, if they've done one thing well as a front office these last few years, I think it's a draft. And and, and I think if you look around the league and and look around – the, the rosters of the league, you see a lot of players that at one point or another were on the Cowboys roster because they got drafted or, or signed and drafted free agency. Um, you know, I think there, look, and, I, and let's be clear about this. I, I think there is a difference between, there, maybe not a difference, but there is two separate things here. Talent evaluation of draft prospects and drafting, mm-hmm. right? Because drafting in, it is the actual act of, of, of participating in the draft, right? And uh, you have to take into account the positional value. You have to take into account the draft sequencing, you know, the, the, the trade market, all the different things that you have to do in order to actually execute the draft. But actually building the board and, 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 and evaluating prospects, I think the Cowboys are one of the best in the league at that. And I think this draft, uh, this chart kind of bears that out. But I also think that uh, just casually, like I said, you look at, and, and, and you brought it up to me uh, uh, before the show. Uh, look at the Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs. They had three different Cowboys on that roster uh, that, that that had started out with, with Dallas, and you know for one reason or another went on to another team. You can go across the league and see. four actually, right? They had Taco. They oh, that's had right. They Damian had Taco Wilson, too. That's right. Anthony Hitchens and Traveris yeah. Ford. Four. So you know, again, I, I think sometimes. You can't, and again, they've. Been, I think they've been victims of their own success in in, the, in some years, right? Where they've had so many, uh, they've done so well in evaluating prospects that they let a guy like Chavarius Ward slip away, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's you know, it, it shows you that at the very least they're identifying talent correctly, uh, and I think that that's half the battle, right? If you can identify the, the correct talent, that makes the drafting process simpler. Uh, and, and they've had pretty good luck and some success in, in the actual drafting part as well. So uh, it doesn't surprise me because, I, like I said, I do think that one of the best things this team does is evaluate evaluate talent. 
but it, uh, you know, I, I guess in our world of of kind of generally thinking that the Cowboys front office is inept, we all just you know kind of assume that they aren't very good at that because. You know, it's easy for us in Cowboys world to get very myopic. It's very easy for sure, us to, course, to look only at our team. But if you look at the larger picture, the Cowboys have a, a very decent run front office and uh, top to bottom. But I think beyond that, they have one of the best uh, talent evaluation groups uh, in the whole league. All right. And I agree. Uh, and I think probably people listening to this podcast are wondering, how did they do so well? Let's look at one draft, right? Let's look at the 2018 draft. Um, First and foremost, if you use Pro Football References uh, approximate value, it helps give you an idea of just how good a player has been. And in that class, the Cowboys had three players so far in their careers that have hit at least 15 in the approximate value, Leighton Van Rush, Connor Williams, and Michael Gallup. Only one other class from that 2018 class had three or more guys hit 15. So right there, you're doing really well. In this study, they look at your pick relative to the expectations. And let's let's use that class as an example. Leighton Vandresh, has he been great his entire career? No. But he has made a Pro Bowl and he has started a you know a significant amount of games and I think they 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 consider that one like a net neutral, right? That's it's it's fine. Connor Williams, a starting guard for 3 years, uh played a little bit as a rookie uh, or excuse me, th- three started th- basically every game for three years, did get a little bit injured. That's a positive pick at number 50. At number 81 with Michael Gallup, three years of starting experience, a bunch of yards, far exceeds what you expect to get from a third-round picket receiver. Dorrance Armstrong's been on the team for three years, rotational guy, above expectation. Dalton Schultz, same thing. Cedric Wilson in the sixth round, same thing. A contributor over the last two years. So you have so many guys on that team that are contributing, and maybe not at an elite level, but a good enough level that if you're hitting, quote-unquote, hitting on five or six picks in any class, it's going to be successful. So it's it's not hard to see why the Cowboys ranked um, high in these classes despite – you know, not really having a single all-pro hit. You know what I mean? There's, And I think that's what people get down on these classes. From 2017 to 2019, they probably don't have a Pro Bowl or, uh, from all these picks. But it's just a lot of really good, solid players. Yeah, and again, I think that's – it's it's easy to kind of get myopic and see the, the, the places where the Cowboys have lost. But – but look at just you know how consistent they have been over the last decade and hit and hitting on their first round picks. I mean, first round picks are are uh, they're 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 not sure things. It may seem like they they are for because the Cowboys have had a lot of success you know outside of Taco, who again as we mentioned is still in the league, still play, played for a Super Bowl team last year, and that was the mm-hmm. worst first round pick the Cowboys have had since I don't know Bobby Carpenter probably right so. I think the Cowboys have shown uh, a level of consistent uh, success at the top of the draft, which kind of sets the tone for the rest of their drafts. Um, and and I think that it's easy to, as a Cowboys fan, uh, to just assume that that's what happens for every team. And that is absolutely not what happens with every team. Look what's happening with Tennessee right now with Isaiah Wilson. Look what's happening mm. uh, with some of these other teams that uh, have, have first-round picks that – well, I'll give you. I'll give you Please. an example. the The Raiders, the Raiders have given one second contract to a first round pick since two thousand eight, and that was Darren McFadden, who they gave a one year deal to. Everybody else has failed to make a second contract, and most of their guys that are out of the league. 
And they've had multiple first-round picks in multiple drafts. That's 12 so you have years. A, That's 12 yeah. years of drafts where they have not picked a guy in the first round that they thought was worthy of a second contract. That's insanity. It, and if you look at the look at the Cowboys just drafting since 2010, again, there are some misses in there without a doubt. But you had Des Bryant, who made three Pro Bowls. You have Tyron Smith, who's made seven. You have Travis Frederick, who made five. You had Zach Martin, who made six. Byron Jones made one. Ezekiel Elliott has made three. Leighton Vander Esch has made one. More often than not, you're drafting a Pro Bowl player and typically a guy that's making a Pro Bowl pretty early in their career. So as much as we get on the Cowboys for maybe not always building their board correctly and sometimes window dressing and overdrafting some guys. When you compare it to the rest of the league on average, they're still better than most teams. Yeah. And I think that that's this, this chart kind of bears this out that, you know, despite a a disagreement with the front office about a lot of different things about how they've handled the DAC situation, about how they handle free agency. I know Cowboys fans have a lot of, of access yeah. to grind, right? But <laughs> I think draft is one of the one spots where uh, the Cowboys fans should look at their team and be proud. I did tweet out today some free agent targets for the Cowboys, and Kevin King was on the list, and that just made people go bonkers. Oh, so man. I just listen. <laughs> oh man, I get I get the free agency thing. I, I wish they were better and more efficient in free agency, but that's a a topic for a different day. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.